Well, hi everybody, another edition of Tartar Sauce. I'm Steve Tartar, and with me today, I'm happy to have old friend Jonathan Wright, Editor-in-Chief, Peoria Magazine. Jonathan, welcome. Hey, thanks, Steve. To our palatious Peoria studio yeah, down here. it's great to be here. Well, Peoria Life uh, Network, we're, you know, trying to keep you informed on what's going on, and you're the perfect guy to ask about that, because you're doing everything on a, on a magazine that covers the waterfront in central Illinois. Uh, used to be, and those people out there who probably uh, know it from, from the years past, interbusiness issues, along with a number of other magazines mm -hmm. that you, you and your uh, family are doing because it, they've been very successful. What made you shift to Peoria Magazine? Uh, well, la so last April we brought together um, Interbusiness Issues, which was our long-running flagship business magazine, and Art and Society, which was our arts and culture magazine that had um, been around for about 12 years. And um, we had thought it was about time for a change, and um, we had had some people you know, talk to us about, um, you know, what if we brought these two together? Hmm. Um, we had that thought for a couple of years. It took a while to pull the trigger because we were basically, you know, jettisoning, you know, our, our top titles, our flagship publications, yeah. known quantities for something unknown. But we took that leap and we've had really great success. And um, we just uh, sent our March issue to the printer, which is our 12th issue. Uh, so we're coming up on a year as yeah, PR Magazine. Good. Well, uh, kudos to, to you guys because... We all know uh, in this modern media world, uh, magazine. You know, we often talk about newspapers and, and you know, radio and so forth. But magazines have also uh, taken a hit. Maybe not entirely due to the internet, but certainly with more people streaming. Uh, and of course, this is a national thing. But we we're so in need of local coverage, and that's one reason why I right. think you're, you're finding great success. Because yeah, it, uh, we, we need it. There's not a lot of local media outlets out there anymore. So, you know, what you guys do here, um, what's left at the Journal Star and, um, you know, uh, some of the radio shows, I mean, and, and, and the TV station, that's about it yep. um, anymore. And, and that's, of course, going on all over the country. And, and uh, it's, it's so ironic to me that with all this information that we're, uh, you know, sort of accosted with on a daily basis, um, and, of course, it comes from so many different sources, the local scene. And it's particularly in a smaller city like Peoria, and I'm not putting Peoria down because it's it's the center of central Illinois, but you don't have the same coverage that you did, well, maybe just five, ten years ago, and certainly for even longer. Right. I mean, the local media has been decimated, and um, everyone's trying to figure out how to uh, how to make a business model work. Right. Um, trying to grapple with social media, which which puts, you know, the tools of being being a, an author and, and a reporter into everyone's hands. Right. Um, but I think what maybe what gets lost uh, in that process in the endless stream of information um, that we're bombarded with all the time is that curation. Um, and that's what we do, and that's what magazines do really well, right. is we present a curated uh, selection of content. There's an end to it. There's a final page. <laughs> Um, and that actually, um, you know, that's actually important um, when you are, you know, when you're trying to, uh, you know, stay up on things and, um, you know, with the internet, you never stop scrolling, no, um, know. which, you know, is and good and bad. I don't know about you, but uh, and probably it's something to do with my vision or whatever, a lack of it, but I, I don't enjoy reading long form stories online. I mean, I know Younger people are more accustomed to it because their eyes are probably better than mine. But 
I, I will take an article if I see one I like and, and usually print it out. Mm -hmm. I know we're wasting paper here, but I mean, <laughs> and then read it, um, you know, it's one's leisure, as you say, when, when you have a final copy. Um, now, what it, can you tell us the theme of the upcoming magazine, or is that a top secret? Yeah, no, it's not a secret. Yeah. Uh, we just uh, went to the uh, print on Friday with our March issue, which uh, the focus is diversity and inclusion. Oh, good. Um, the current issue that's out now, the February issue, is on development. Um, so we've talked about a lot of the projects happening in uh, the Warehouse District, Peoria Heights, and um, around the region. And, um, and then upcoming, we've got a shopping and retail uh, in April. Uh, we've got our annual nonprofit issue in May, um, and so on and so forth. That's great. And, and you know, one of the things I was going to ask you is, how do, you, do you guys sit around a table and figure out themes in advance, or, or how does that work? Uh, well, so there's a few themes that we do on an annual basis, right. um, and a lot of those tie into our events that we do. So mm -hmm. um, our local legends issue in July, that ties right. into an event where we're honoring some of the longtime leaders of the community. Sure. Um, our 40 leaders under 40 in November, uh, we t tie into the leadership theme, and then women of influence in December. So um, Those so are set. Those are set. Mm -hmm. Those are set. Then we have a few that we that we tend to do every year, such as healthcare being mm -hmm. the number one uh, uh you know, industry in the in the area. Right. That's something that we do every year. There's a few that we do every other year. Um, there's some that we've never done before. So the shopping and retail in April, we've not ever done that before. That's going to be an interesting one because, you know, that's you know, we talk about the media, the, the impact, the changes. Well, shopping and retail. I mean, there is a point you can point your finger at the internet squarely there, where now people routinely order things and have them arrive in a box right. a day right. or two later. Uh, that's that's got to be huge. I mean, I talked to Bob Schertz. I hadn't talked to him in a while at Northwoods Mall. And I was talking about something else I'd seen, an article about uh, in the Wall Street Journal. They were saying, with all this delivery of food that's going on and growing, some of these restaurants are setting up uh, commissary kitchens. They, 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 they can't overload their own kitchen, which deals with the people that come in. So they need a, a separate off-site kitchen. And they're turning to shopping malls that are begging for, hey, come on sure. in here because yeah. they, they've got space. And when I'm talking about I hadn't even thought about it. You know, I'm, I'm bringing up, he said, no, we don't have a kitchen right now. And I said, well, Simon is doing it you know, nationally. That's your, your place. He said, well, they may be in larger cities. And then he mentioned Sears, and I realized, oh, yeah, that's probably a bigger issue, isn't it? They just lost their anchor. Right, you know, right. A, a long time. I mean, what I think Chris uh, Farris of the library said, uh, his article I saw was, been here since 1928, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Sears. And of yeah, course, I remember the, I'm old enough to be down, to remember the one downtown, uh, which, which stood there empty for so many years, the Sears block, right. as we call yeah. it. Um, now, Jonathan, you, you yourself write... You, you oversee, you line up articles, uh, but you have you have other interests too. Uh, music being one. Yes. Uh, give, give us yeah. a book is coming out. Oh, uh, what's that going to be about? I've got, yeah. So music um, has always been kind of my passion in many different forms. Um, I started collecting vinyl records when I was um, when I was a kid uh, in high school. Uh, I have over nine thousand of oh my them. Goodness. Um, they take up and and thanks 9, to uh, my wife for all of her support and not kicking me out with all of those uh, records. Now, how do you keep taking those? up our entire first floor? <laughs> I was going to say, do you have a special room or uh, uh, it, it spills into multiple rooms? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But so that's one way that I've. Um, um, 
that, that I work in music is I DJ, I do vinyl, um, mm -hmm. all vinyl DJing, and I've been doing that a lot over the last year. Um, I also play in a band, a rock band, and I have a book coming out uh, <laughs> later this year on... I'm glad we got you here today. Sounds like you're a busy guy. <laughs> uh, pretty busy, yeah. Um, I've, I've been working on this book um, in my off time over the last five years, and uh, we completed it about a year ago. And um, over the last year, we've been working with the press to, um, we made a, a few rounds of revisions, and um, it's the University of Illinois Press. So going through the academic channel, there's a number of uh, different committees that you have to sure. um, uh, please and, and make it through that process. And um, I should know more in the next couple of days, actually, we are almost at the end, but it should be out later this year. And what's the title? Uh, maybe that's not set. But the what title is, it about? is not set, but it's about the um, the punk rock scene in Peoria. Oh, um, so which begins in the mid '80s, and we follow that up through basically when the internet starts to start making waves around the uh, turn of the century. Uh -huh. um, when I, I'm a Bradley University graduate, and uh, when I was going to school there in the mid '90s, I was also working at Co-op Records in East Peoria, oh, yeah. and I started booking shows. Um, uh, punk rock shows and other uh, rock shows at, at various legion halls and um, clubs in the area. And I had a record label for a while. And so that has kind of led to, um, you know, lifelong friendships, but also, um, you know, the activities that I'm doing today. Can you still hear punk rock in Peoria? Uh, yeah, you can, and by just to be clear, by punk rock, um, that is I'm using that term very loosely, and it's describing basically any kind of underground mm -hmm. um, music scene. But it kind of stemmed from the DIY, um, do-it-yourself punk rock scene, which you know got its start in the '80s. Um, I've heard that, uh, and and you you would know this because you're on top of the the sort of the downtown scene along with other things. Uh, I've had people say. Um, the, the club scene has really declined in Peoria. You know, there used to be a lot of clubs that were playing, uh, bands could play, and, and maybe as being in a band yourself, you could speak to that. Um, is it harder to find a venue, or is it just, the, you know, it's changed and now it's, Different, different uh, way of going. Like it's everything. changed. I think it. I think it really depends. There's, there's some, um, you know, venues that are that are doing fantastic. Kenny's West Side Pub is mm -hmm. is doing a fantastic job. My band's played there a couple of times. Um, there are there there are limited number of places to play. Okay. Um, and it and it kind of depends on what niche you fall into. So my band Lark's Tongue is 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 a loud psychedelic rock band. Is that one word um, or two? It's two words. Lark's Tongue. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we play, um, we'll play at the Red Barn, we'll play at Peoria Pizza Works. Um, there are a few other places. Uh, Mad Hatters is doing stuff down on Farmington Road. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but, you know, we're all, um, you know, in our in our 30s and 40s and have have jobs and lots of other, uh, <laughs> lots of other things. So we don't play all that often. Right. Um, but um, so I, I, I don't know that I can really speak to, is it? better or worse than it was 20 years ago. So I think it's just different. And course, I may not be... town has changed. It's town's you know, changed yeah. immensely, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, the ways that we um, entertain ourselves and yep. and that has, has played a role. Um, so, uh, you know, I like to... Um, I like to think of it as, as, as an evolution as opposed mm -hmm. to an end of something. What, uh, when you do the book, when you, when you completed the book, you said about a year ago, uh, does that... Now that you've done that, and obviously you let U of I go through their process, and incidentally I should mention, I used to get uh, um, the U of I, um, what do they call it? They're, they're, 
they come out with it every now and then, or annually, probably, the books that they're publishing. And of course, it has the other books that they've, they've published there. Mm -hmm. And I think they send them out to the media so that they can get a review or two. But uh, Dave Zelaznik at the General Star had his Illinois River book right. in the U of I press. Okay. Yep. I'm sure others locally have used it too, but it has a good reputation. And I think all that checking with the bureaucracy there will, will pay off in your favor because I think they, they do a good job. Um, as far as writing that book though, does that give you a, a sort of taste of it? Well, you know, long form? You know, because obviously you're used to writing articles and, and editing them. Do you, do you have another book in mind now that you've had one out the door, or you want to get that one done? Uh, I, I want to get this one done and, and kind of move on with my life. Like I said, it's been an, it, I've been working on it for quite a while. Um, uh, I don't have any plans for anything in the future. I do have a few people I'm talking to about uh, helping with some ghostwriting or editing um, mm -hmm. uh, their own pieces. Right. Um, so you know, I may work on some of that. I don't have a huge appetite right now to get started on a new book project because it's it's so time consuming. With your nine thousand records, and, and well, first of all, the first question I have is, does the the vinyl renaissance? Or, you know, return or whatever you want to call it. Does that surprise you? Uh, not really. Um, I mean, I've been collecting vinyl since the early 90s and at, at kind of the low point for, for vinyl production. But now, was that at the exclusion of CDs or were you just I, taking I also whatever? collected CDs okay. as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of got the inkling towards the end of the 90s when, you know, Napster was coming out and mm -hmm. digital music was just beginning to um, start. You know, those are all, you know, bits that can be, you know, copied and, right. you know, all, all over. So um, I, I recognized at that time that, that the physical object, something that's analog that can't necessarily be duplicated quite like that, has a special quality to it. Um, I'd always felt that way, which was why I, how I got into it and why I've kept with it over the years. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't necessarily uh, realize that the, the vinyl resurgence was going to happen in the way that it has. Right. Um, but, you know, it's certainly, um, it's an interesting development, I would say. And how, and pardon me, going off on this turn, because I, I, I have to tell you that, you know, I think it's great that records have come back because um, while I know people listen to, you know, all forms of, you know, devices now and, and can get good music almost everywhere. Um, there's something about the record in, as you had described it, but also the package, you know, which, yeah, you don't necessarily want to dwell on the cover or used to, I, I get a kick sometimes out of the older records and I don't know how we want to define older, where they write something on the, on the, on the back or the inside about the, I'm usually lauding the, the artist or the, or the music involved, but it is, it's sometimes written by reviewers and, Jazz records in particular have that characteristic. Do you spend time looking back with that many records that you have? Let's see. I mean, you can't be listening to them all at once. So no, how do you, how do you deal with it? I mean, there's some I haven't listened to in years, uh, <laughs> frankly. And when I'm at work, I'm listening to Spotify like everybody else. Okay. Um, so, you know, I try to set some time aside to you know, sit down and slow things down and, right. and put on a record. Um, I do think it's, it's a piece of art. Um, mm -hmm. The artwork's important. Um, I think that's something that um, you know appeals to uh, uh, younger generations coming up is that it is different. I, I, I think that there's a metaphor there, even with the magazine side. Um, you know, 
there's been recent reports that millennials and Gen Z, you know, really enjoy reading magazines, like actual printed mm -hmm. pieces of paper. Um, I think it's a it's an antidote in some ways to that endless stream of information. And I think it's the same thing with music as well. You know, you put on Spotify, you press one button, and you you don't have to think about it at right. that point. You don't have to get up to flip the record over. You don't right. have to uh, think about... Um, whether this is an album or a single, or how it fits into the artist's body of work as a whole, um, and 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 the artwork, you know, you're looking at little thumbnails. Um, so I, you know, there's a there's certainly a case to be made for digital, and like I said, I I'm, I'm listening to it every day, but I also think there's a case to be made for analog, and I think th these two can can both live in the same world. Um, yeah, that's a good a good view, uh, but. You know, one thing I miss, and again, I'm showing my age or, or the, the fact that I heard a lot of this when I was younger, but the absence of the DJ in, in radio. I mean, he's there, he or she is there, uh, you know, depending on what you're listening to. But when you get into Spotify or Pandora, you're listening to straight song, song, song and, and all that, which has its merits too. But I miss the, the voice, not so much to hear the commercials, because I, I realize it's the lifeblood of the commercial radio station, but the, uh, the, the the sort of the, the somebody's talking to you and, right. and maybe giving you a little bit of information about something uh, you maybe you want it maybe you don't is that you being a DJ now I know you're doing the, the spinning thing um, is is that something you enjoy listening to or not uh, well you know I, I I definitely see the attraction there having uh, that extra context having that personal connection. Um, giving you more information ab ab about a particular record or, or this or that. Um, so I, I think that that is important. Um, as far as when I'm out DJing, um, I don't do a lot of uh, talking on the mic. I just really like to go from song to song yeah. and catch the flow of the of the room and you know try to make people happy. Right. So well, that's a good thing to do, and, it, and it's a, it's an art. Um, one of the things that's and we want to remind people that uh, Jonathan is going to be out with, uh, uh, what are you calling it, shopping and retail? In the, the shopping and retail uh, theme for April. For April. And, you know, that's, and, and March is what? Uh, March is our diversity and inclusion. Diversity. Issue. And, and what's, what's a lead story in that? Diversity and inclusion. So uh, there's several different pieces um, in there that tie into that. Uh, we did a, an interview. I interviewed uh, Dr. Ferris Muhammad with the city of Peoria. He's the chief diversity and inclusion officer for the city. Uh, if you recall, several years back, there was a bad national right. report about Peoria being a bad place for African-Americans to live. So we talked about that, um, talked about um, how that may have um, evolved in, in the short time he's been here. Uh, Dr. Rita Ali has a great piece on um, how we can build a more inclusive city. Oh, um, that's good. We've got several other pieces, um, you know, the Peoria Public Library being a welcoming place for all. Um, uh, just we try to, uh, there's a piece from um, an Easter Seals uh, uh, now employee who used to be a um, Easter Seals poster child in the early 90s, mm -hmm. and then she has later gone to work for Easter Seals. Um, so that's a really neat story. Mm -hmm. And so she um, is explaining from her perspective how we can be more inclusive when speaking to uh, individuals with disabilities, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, these are shoes that we don't walk in every day. So to um, get that firsthand perspective um, of, of how we can um, how, how we can best uh, approach uh, these types of situations, which sometimes we shy away from. Um, 
Your stories, I mean, we're almost out of time, but let me ask you one more thing. In getting your stories, obviously you guys have your set themes, and but other things, do you recruit them? Do people come to you, a combination of the two? Yeah, it's How a combination. does that work? It's a combination of all of those. We have uh, some writers that write on a periodic, regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, we have others who have approached me about different topics. Um, you know, that's happened with you on a, mm -hmm. on a few occasions. Sure. Um, there's other times where I have an idea of what I want and I reach out and kind of, you know, put that suggestion out into the world and, and see if it returns. I, I, I'm thinking I've seen this, but correct me, have you done music as a theme? Uh, we haven't done music per se. Um, now, we've how is done... that possible with your interest in 9,000 <laughs> records? Uh, I don't know if that, uh, that would be a difficult one. Um, the, the new magazine is divided into four sections, business, community, lifestyle, and art. So even though we have themes for each issue, we also have a balanced issue right. that is so not one thing. It's not all about one thing, and so we do cover the music world in mm -hmm. our art section. Okay, all right. I'm just giving you a little. I'm just surprised that I haven't seen that because I think that, that would be. I, I would think the vinyl record resurgence, as you said, would be a great. Right. Thing. Well, you know, I wrote a story on when Ribbon Records first opened. Okay. Um, and I guess that's probably seven, eight years ago now. Yeah, no, um, time flies on. And and that that was talking about the vinyl resurgence that when at that point. That was yeah, when, when they were in the Murray Building. Okay. Yep. Um, so I did write the vinyl resurgence article, but that you know that's something that I think could be written almost every oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and is give it a new angle or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Jonathan, we're out of time. Uh, thank you so much, Jonathan Wright, with Editor-in-Chief of Peoria Magazine, which you can pick up pretty much all over town, right? There's different distribution locations. The best thing to do, though, is go to the website and uh, click on the subscribe link and get it delivered to your mailbox. Well, there you go. It, it could be easier. Uh, so very good. Well, we'll look for it, and thank you again. And uh, this is Steve Tartar. We'll see you next time on Tartar Sauce. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. PeoriaLife.com.